we will see for those who do implement AI is a significant investment into AI across all of their businesses and all of their operating services. This delivers a significant optimization across their entire business, therefore reducing costs, reducing resource needs, and also providing significant amounts of actionable insights across both their customer base, their portfolios, their different products, and indeed their business and strategy. The following is a conversation with Ed Adcock. Ed has over 20 years experience in financial services, working with pensions, financial advice, investment management, capital markets, and KYC. Ed has gained an honors degree in mathematics and statistics and a master's in data science and machine learning, and is currently the principal data science consultant for Delta Capital. Ed specializes in big data analytics, using AI and machine learning to generate actionable insights and deliver new products and process enhancements. Welcome to the podcast, Ed. To start off, do you want to elaborate on the introduction I just gave? Thank you very much, Lars. Really appreciate it. And thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. So yeah, just a little bit more about my background, really. As you mentioned, I worked in quite a few different fields across financial services, you know, pensions, financial advice, investment management, capital markets, most recently working within the KYC. And this has given me kind of, you know, a significant amount of experience across the financial services industry and has really given me that ability to be able to jump into any new area that requires the insights of data scientists to really deliver and drill out that value from the data assets that our clients have. So yeah, gained a honours degree in maths and statistics and that led me into my data science and machine learning masters. I completed that about four years ago. And since then, I've been working very strongly to now build out the data and technology team here at Delta Capita, very much focusing on how we can really deliver value to our clients through the use of these new AI and machine learning techniques, and specifically around how we can help them generate actionable insights and really deliver those new products in a streamlined and efficient way. Great. Thank you, Ed. I think to start off, it'd be really useful to talk about the current market, including the demand and need for AI within financial services or beyond. Great question, Lars. Thank you. So looking at current market views, what we've seen from our clients is a significant interest in customer segmentation, in understanding how their customers interact with the various products and with their various different business features that they have. AI and machine learning have really come to the fore in this particular area through doing cluster analysis and through doing optimization searches using that customer data that our clients have. We've also seen a significant interest in the market in terms of the increase in response to the increasing regulation demand from from the FCA, from the PRA, and indeed from the, the European and other worldwide regulatory agencies. This has required businesses to now implement significant management features to manage the risk of the models that are being operated in within their businesses. We're working closely with some technology partners of ours in order to be able to assist our clients to deliver a up-to-date platform, which allows them to manage the risk of those models across their entire portfolio and then be able to take strategic decisions to meet their regulatory demands. When you speak about strategic decisions, how do you see AI helping companies overcome the limitations of traditional automation or manual effort for that matter? So traditional automation has been used across our clients for 
many decades. Examples of this are things like Excel and robotic process optimization or automation, such as Blue Prism. These particular automations have significant manual effort required to maintain and to manage. Now, where AI can really come to the fore with these challenges is around directly connecting to those source data systems and to be able to then take actionable insights based on the information and the learning that it has achieved throughout its throughout its training process. This allows AI to be able to tackle much more complex challenges than traditional automation and also allows significant reduced manual effort in order to maintain those systems due to the training and the continuous training of these AI and machine learning models. So just to help paint a clearer picture, do you mind outlining some of the use cases within the industry for AI? AI has probably nearly a place in you know, nearly every new tool that is being developed to some extent. And that could be simply through data cleaning, but it also it could also be through decision making. However, we've also seen a significant interest in terms of KYC and the know your client space. This is around understanding golden source information about clients and specifically really about how their clients are connected to each other. So you've got one individual who, yes, may seem to be a you know, absolutely clean individual, but it happens that they're one of their board members of a of company that they're part of actually resides in, in Russia. And that particular individual has a sanction against them. So it's about how do we use AI to understand and build that relationship? So when querying one particular individual, you're then given the information about their entire relationship rather than just the specific UK relationship, which may not include all the necessary information. Now, we've done a lot of work in terms of graph databases and graph AI in order to be able to help our clients to deliver such solutions. My next question is something that I've also asked Joseph Twig in a previous podcast episode, which if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend. But what are some of the risks of a company using AI or alternatively, not using AI? I would say that the main risks of a company not implementing AI is falling behind. They'll fall behind in terms of cost optimization, in terms of delivering or understanding those actionable insights that can be gained from their very large data sets. And will also ensure that they're not able to really understand their customers and really deliver value for their clients. But however, we will see for those who do implement AI is a significant investment into AI across all of their businesses and all of their operating services. This delivers a significant optimization across their entire business, therefore reducing costs, reducing resource needs, and also providing significant amounts of actionable insights across both their customer base, their portfolios, their different products, and indeed their business and strategy. One company we're working with, we're focusing within their ESG strategy, and we're applying behavior analysis across their resources in order to understand how their ESG strategy is being taken up by their resources, who are the leaders, who are the champions, and who we can then emulate and disseminate that best practice. And we can only understand this information from using those AI models to understand how they're engaging with this ESG material, 
how their clients are understanding and how they are evangelizing the ESG strategy across both their business unit and across their social media platforms. So if you follow the media on AI, it seems like the potential for AI is so great, it almost seems uncapped. Will AI realistically replace humans anytime soon? And what is just hype in the media and what actually is AI today? Okay, that's another fantastic question. What I would say is that AI is fantastic at a particular task that you train it to complete. And indeed, when it comes down to expert systems, then I think that they are already replacing humans for some of those systems. However, when it comes to complex tasks, AI can't be trained to do two things at the same time. As once you've trained it to do one and you are then training it to do the second task, it will forget how to do the first task, therefore ends up performing poorly at both tasks. This is currently solved by delivering two separate AIs that are specifically trained as experts in their particular model. That's quite interesting because I always thought of AI as mimicking the human brain and thus being almost better at multitasking than a human would be because you can scale it and in the media at least it always speaks about how AI or machines make less errors than humans would. So then on this point, does that mean if multiple people ask a certain chatbot or ChatGPT multiple questions, they're not actually interacting with one AI, they're interacting with multiple AIs that are just each trained on their specific thing? Great question there. And and to clarify, what I would say is that for ChatGTP and for natural language processing models, they are single models that are trained across very large data sets and are able to then create those text responses to any question that is posed to it. However, what you can't get ChatGPT to do is to play chess. So that is what I'm saying about a different expert system is required to play chess as it is to answer questions from the public, as it is to monitor a nuclear power plant, for example. Yeah, okay, that makes a lot more sense than what I understood initially. So what are the current limitations of AI then, and how likely are these to be resolved in the near future? Or what still needs to happen for such limitations or the overcoming of those limitations to materialize? There are significant challenges around AI. Specifically in terms of our clients, we see a lot of challenges around the correct data, around that being clean, around that being available as well, as data tends to be siloed quite a bit within large corporations. So obviously there's a lot of work to to do towards that and the move towards cloud is significantly helping that particular process. Once that hurdle is overcome, though, the actual training of AI models also poses a challenge. There are specific challenges around defining the goal of your particular AI model. So, for example, you might have an AI model that is reducing the risk of a particular portfolio. Well, according to what criteria are you basing that risk on? And therefore, the AI model will be able to achieve the lowest risk for the most optimal risk for that particular portfolio, given the information that it's had. However, when a future event comes in that has not been available within the training set, then that will cause the model a significant issue when it's given data 
outside of its original training values and therefore may perform poorly. Another great example is when the goal of a AI model hasn't been set correctly. This could potentially allow an AI model to optimize for something that the developer is not aware of. So it may look like it is achieving well on the test data set, but actually when provided with the real life data, actually performs very poorly. So this is quite an interesting aspect that you've touched on, which basically explains that the developer working on the AI and the AI can sometimes not align, i.e. the AI can do something that the developer is not aware of. Does that mean the AI could almost write its own code or patch up its own code or train itself on certain data? Yes, this is why model management is such an important feature for all of our clients. When managing models, it's important to understand that they can only operate within certain parameters and within certain criteria. If those parameters or criteria are at any point, or if the model drifts past those criteria or barriers, then the model can be then automatically retrained on that new data. That is part of the, the model management process that we recommend that people put into place when they are managing the risks of their models. This is specifically called model drift. There are various ways that we can look at managing the model drift and the divergence of the model from its original parameters. So just to touch on one of the risks of deploying AI within an organization and tying it back to an earlier point that you had, is model drift a serious risk for any firm deploying AI within its systems? In terms of ESG strategy, we'd want this to be an ongoing process. You would want data coming through on an ongoing basis, and you would want your AI models to continuously be updated with the latest market information, with the latest information from, from your resources. Basing a model at a point of time for such a fast-moving challenge would certainly cause significant issues in terms of the, its overall results. Therefore, continuous retraining you know, to avoid any significant model drift would certainly be recommended. So whilst there are ways to manage model drift, do you think that model drift is essential to reach ultimate scale? I.e., do you think that there should be intentional model drift for certain AIs so that they can expand their knowledge or their reach or the data that they're trained on? without needing human interference, which will ultimately lead to this big AI that I think the media is trying to pave the way to. Model drift is always important, and it's especially important in things like financial models and portfolio modeling and pricing. This is especially important when it comes, for example, to the 2007-2008 crash, where the models that were trained at the time were not expecting a significant drop and therefore performed very poorly over that particular period. There have also been other blips within the market where automated trading models react very poorly to incorrectly priced trades. So if someone has done a fat figure and added an extra zero when they shouldn't have done, there are many automated models now that will pick up on that and will trade based on that information even though that was an erroneous trade placed by a trader. 
So we can mitigate this by using certain parameters and limits. Specifically, one of those limits should be around the decision limits of particular models. Now, it's very interesting when it comes to things like ChatGTP4, for example, that the, yes, they are happy to provide such as diagnosis of medical ailments. However, they will never give you a prescription for that. You would have to go to a registered doctor in order to be able to receive that prescription. And that, therefore, is the decision limit of that particular model. And similar applies within the financial services models. So whether or not I'm right in this view, I'm not quite sure. But I sometimes see AI as a means to expedite the work that someone does or the development that someone does and almost act as a catalyst for progression or productivity. What is your view on that? Uh, I think maybe you might be relying too much there on what AI might be able to deliver for you. I think some of the challenges that I think that, and this is where your comment earlier about the media and some of the news and marketing that's gone around AI is potentially misleading in terms of what AI can actually achieve in today's society. What we see is very much that, yes, AI can make those decisions, but also there needs to be the individuals with that specific knowledge who's then able to double check and to be able to be that policeman of the model itself. So yes, you could ask an AI model to, to build itself, but you would still need someone to actually review that model to ensure that it was using the correct data to make sure that that data had been, had been cleaned correctly and was appropriate to be used within the model. For example, if we talk about you know, marketing models or mortgage models, then one has to assume that gender could not be included within that particular model. Whereas the AI may decide that actually gender is a really good feature that it should include and therefore automatically includes it in the model. But of course, that would be against the law. So to pivot this conversation slightly and looking at the next five or 10 years, where do you see AI going? Well, I personally see AI as a huge benefit to, you know, yes, in financial services, but across the economy more, more widely by optimizing and by automating manual processes this frees us up as you know as humans to do things that we really excel at which is the analysis which is the the understanding and the implementation of that information not the pure crunching of numbers which is what ai and ml are so great at about drawing out that information from those millions of data points which you can then as an individual with your expert knowledge and your SME knowledge, then really investigate and drive those strategic decisions from which help you build your businesses. Do you think there'll be a point where human intervention or interaction will no longer be required in the space of AI? I think there will always be a need for some type of human intervention. And this again comes back to that, that decision limits that we were talking about earlier about where you decide to set those decision limits for your particular model. Great example is, for example, in loans. So if you're applying for a housing loan, you'll go onto an online site and it will tell you whether you've been you know, broadly accepted or not for that particular loan amount, the, for the amount that you want to borrow to you know, purchase your next house. That response has been given to you by an AI. But in order for you to then really understand you as this consumer have a right to receive a full written response from the company telling you why you have been rejected for that particular loan model. 
Now, the AI model itself will not be able to respond with that detailed information. And therefore, you require a human to then step in to then again respond to the client to get that detailed level of information. So I feel that there will always be a need to have the human in the loop at some point in order to ensure that the AI model is not stepping outside of its own decision limits. So when we were discussing the recording of this podcast, you mentioned something about a Terminator situation, which seemed quite intriguing. Do you mind just elaborating on that thought? So this comes to the artificial general AI. So general AI is something that a company, for example, like DeepMind is working very closely towards. DeepMind is the London-based AI firm, very famous for beating the world champion in Go and in chess. So they have been making significant developments towards creating a general AI. However, we're still at least five to 20 years off of making this a reality in terms of what we can do. Now, what is an AGI? An AGI is able to perform expertly at many different tasks. So earlier we talked about AIs being trained to deliver and work expertly on a one, one specific task. An AGI is able to do that, but across multiple different tasks therefore replicating what a human is able to do in terms of being diversifying across many different tasks and performing well in each one of those tasks. However, at the moment, the latest in terms of our development and research has only gotten us only to for it to be able to play computer games and do a little bit of writing. So I think for the moment, we're safe from any Skynet invasion. Well, I think that's quite a positive note to finish this podcast episode. But before we do, there's one question that I want to ask you, which I've asked a couple of other guests on this podcast, which is, tell me something about yourself that only your friends know. Only my friends know that I play Warhammer with little miniatures. So I have a gaming session on every Wednesday with some colleagues and with some friends, and we play Warhammer 40k on a tabletop. And it is fantastic fun. I would recommend it to anybody. Oh, interesting. I would have never guessed that you were into Warhammer. But I guess that's the interesting part of asking that question, because you never know what hobbies people might have. But on that note, thank you so much for coming on and clarifying some of the questions that I had or some of the things I've read in the media. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. And thank you for such a a great experience. Really good. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you. That concludes the current episode of the DC Tech Talks podcast. And as always, if you want to reach out to us about anything that you've heard or anything that you want us to cover into the future, please reach out to us at dc.tech.talks at deltacapital.com.